Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so, so much for listening. Before we dive into this episode, I want to talk about something that I think every runner should have in their lives, and that is community. I remember when I first started to get into the world of ultra running, it felt a little bit lonely at first, right? Like no one else wanted to run insanely long miles with me or talk about running for an insanely long time or was as passionate about running as I was. And it felt kind of lonely. It almost made me feel like I was alone and because because of that it makes you question like man like what am I doing this for oh my gosh like I don't know is this even the right path is this normal but then once I moved to Phoenix Arizona I was really able to develop an amazing community here. I was able to have running friends. I was able to run with friends. I was able to talk with running on hour with end with all of my new friends and everything. And my not only did my passion for running grow, but I felt like I was training better. I felt like I was more motivated. I felt like I was reaching for bigger goals. And ultimately, like I just became so much more fulfilled in my journey for running. And that's really why we run in the end of the day, right? We want to have fun. We want to be fulfilled. We want to have meaning to it. And I think having a community is such an important part of that. So um, I know everyone can't move to Phoenix or everyone, you know, might not be able to move to a different location. So that's why I want to really, really create a space where anyone around the world can join in a community that's going to be as obsessed about running, about talking about running, about sharing ideas just as much as you are. And that's why I'm launching the Everyday Ultra Patreon community. Now, this Patreon community is going to be super cool because you're going to get awesome benefits with it. The first thing is you're going to get a monthly call with me once every month where we're going to have uh, live chats and live question and answers where you can ask me anything, but not only me, but also anybody else on the call as well. It's going to be a live group discussion where we're sharing ideas, sharing wins, sharing strategies, sharing tips, sharing insights into our training. Whatever you want to talk about, we're going to do so on those monthly calls. On top of that, too, you'll also get invited to our Everyday Ultra exclusive community on Facebook as well, where you can continue the conversation outside of the monthly calls and share ideas, share wins, share strategies, uh, maybe link up with other people in your area, whatever that might be. Uh, we want to keep that community feel there as well. On top of the community stuff, too, you're also going to get early access to Everyday Ultra episodes before they even release. I usually record these episodes three month, three weeks, sorry, not months, three weeks before I actually publish them. So you'll get early access to them as well. And you'll also get ad-free episodes too for uninterrupted listening pleasure. Now, if you're interested in all that, guess what? It's really, really cheap. It costs just as much as a spring energy gel, which is only $5 a month. So if you're looking to get amazing community, if you're looking to make new connections, if you're looking to chat and hang out with me, um, then this is the place to go, the Everyday Ultra Patreon community. And you can sign up by going to patreon.com slash everydayultra or go into the show notes and subscribe by clicking the link in there. And again, it's only $5 a month. That's just as much as a spring energy gel or two goo gels or whatever you want to uh, make the nutrition comparison on there. Um, but we absolutely love to see you in there and I hope to see you in the community and feel free to subscribe if you want to join in on all the fun. Thanks so much again for listening to the Everyday Ultra podcast and hope to see you in the community and let's dive in to this amazing episode, everyone. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione. What's super exciting is you might be listening to this or you might be watching this now as I'm starting to get on YouTube too. So uh, whether you're watching or listening, super excited for you to join in. And what's super cool is we have a guest who is on here for the second time on the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I really loved our conversation that we had the first time and uh, I wish we could have dove into so much more, but it was really great because uh, I saw um, our guest today on the Black Canyon Trail a few weeks ago. Um, and I reminded him, I was like, oh, there he is. Like, let's, let's reach out. Let's get him on the podcast here because he's also training for the Black Canyon 100K, which we have coming up here in, man, just about a few weeks from this recording here. And he's been training hard after it. He's also had some exciting new life developments on the way, such as a, a new relationship and spending time with kids and really just leaning into all the things in his life. So we're going to talk about that a lot more. And I'm just really excited to bring on this guest today too, not just because he's a great runner, but uh, as I mentioned too in the last podcast, such a great guy, one of the nicest dudes I think I've met in the ultra community by far. Um, so I'm excited to have him on again, Jacob Pusey. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on again, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Of course, man. I'm happy you're here as well. Uh, you're looking strong heading into uh, into Black Canyon. So I definitely want to uh, talk about that and everything else. But um, and I know we covered kind of like your background into running in the first time we chat. So anyone listening who wants to listen to Jacob's background, check out that first episode. I'll put that in the show notes as well to check out. But I'm curious, since the last time we chatted, I believe it was like last summer until now, right? That's a long time coming. I'm curious, what is like new in your world and maybe some some insights and some takeaways you've had? You uh, threw your hat in the ring in Javelin 100, like I mentioned, got in a new relationship, but I'm curious to hear like what are some kind of like big highlights or takeaways that you've had over the past month since we last chatted? Uh, yeah, a lot a lot has changed in the last uh, few months and, and, and years. Um, just busy. I mean, I, I'm I, I wear a lot of hats, like you mentioned. I'm, I'm a dad, uh, to four kids and, um, I, I'm a race director, have over 30 events that I direct throughout Canada. Um, try to still run and compete as well as I can. I, I coach athletes from all over the world and, and manage, uh, other coaches and, and other race directors, uh, with what I do. So, so it's a lot, uh, of managing, so to speak. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's all connected to running in, in some form or another. Uh, I've been really fortunate to be able to reconnect with, um, my family, uh, was able to connect, uh, yeah, for, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, the new year, um, just, it's been a long time. Uh, haven't hadn't seen some of my siblings and some of my nieces and nephews. Hadn't even met one of my nephews um, uh, over the last three or four years. So it was really good to just like get everyone together. And um, I mean that that is definitely one of the highlights of the last since, since we last spoke. And then and then like you mentioned, um, yeah, I I'd, I'd been um, I would say single uh, the last few years. Uh, uh, I didn't like update my status. Uh, I, uh, it was kind of complicated. My, my personal and professional life was, uh, intertwined pretty heavily. Um, and so, you know, when people look at you as someone who's holding it together, <laughs> um, and maybe even has like a Cinderella story to their life, um, it's not fun to admit 
failure or you know like just it would just even be public about any of it so so yeah there there were a few years of of trying trying and and also just kind of keeping up the facade um and you know I, I try to be authentic and so it wasn't like i wasn't still trying but i also wasn't out there uh put myself out there i guess i, I just i'd kind of give it up on uh <laughs> on marriage and just wanted to focus on um being the dad i signed up to be and trying to be the best person i could be and employer and coach and you know focus on the things that i could control and and not worry about things that I couldn't. Um, and lo and behold, somehow through the running community, I mean, I, I swore I'd never get on a dating app, never did, didn't like, and I'm not knocking anyone that does, but I, like I full on was not, uh, trying to <laughs> like get into anything. Um, but I just reconnected with, um, with someone that I, um, actually met at Havelina before I think you and I spoke before the first time that I ran Havelina and um and so mm-hmm. Brittany and I met briefly at Havelina in 2021 uh and she passed me and was crushing it and I was not crushing it <laughs> when she passed me uh and uh again like I said we spoke briefly but then just didn't really I, I honestly, like, I kind of live under a rock. I, I, I'm not like terribly social. I, I had no clue who she was in terms of what her status was as an athlete. Uh, other than like, I think I had read an I run far article or something like that about her. But like, yeah, I, I've been, I've been kind of out of the loop for a long time. Um, and, and that's intentional. I just like, I just try not to get too caught up in the hype. So so it was like humbling to meet her when I did. And then it was like quite surprising that we connected the way we did and, and that, uh, there was interest and in that, that like, it took me a while to realize <laughs> that there was interest. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I, it was mutual obviously, but I like, I'm, uh, believe it or not, like uh, despite the bravado or whatever, um, um, I don't know. However, I present myself publicly, my, my public persona, I'm, I'm a very introverted, uh, quite shy guy, especially when it comes to relationships. So, uh, I, I was, I'm not terribly confident in that realm. So I was, uh, especially, yeah, kind of given my my past track record so to speak i wasn't um wasn't looking for anything but um Mm -hmm. at any rate uh we connected and then um, just went for a run and i had been planning on doing javelina and she wasn't sure what she was doing and then she crushed me on that run. So I was like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> that, was, that was a big 40 mile mountain loop. Uh, you're pretty fit. Uh, and I think it was like a week after she'd won like a local 50 miler. And so I was like, why are you talking about like crewing me or pacing me at Havelina? Why don't you just run Havelina? And so she signed up and ran it and, and did quite well. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, we hung out 
after the race there. And um, then just kind of, we had both just planned on being down in Arizona anytime. Like she, she's a, an instructor um, at a university. So she has like holidays off that where the students have off. And so she was planning on being down in Arizona to train. And I was planning on being down there as well uh, to be with my family. And so we just kind of, coordinated our schedules to, to be down there at the same time. Well, it just kind of so happened that we were going to be, so we just kind of kept reconnecting and, uh, wanted to spend more and more time together. So, um, so started as, you know, fun to run and, and visit. And, and then it was kind of like, Hey, you're cool. And like, I, um, anytime I'm down there, I'm, I'm visiting family, including two of my children. Um, and so, um, to maximize time with my kids, but also wanted to maximize time with her. And so I'm sure counselors and everyone else would say that that's wrong to introduce them to, you know, partners or potential partners, but like, this is a good, solid person that wasn't even sure what the status of our relationship was. (laughs) It was like, Hey, we just ran a hundred miles. Want to go, want to go bowling with me and my kids. And I have a daughter and I think it's pretty badass that she's such a badass. So it was like, I don't have a problem introducing my daughters to someone who is strong and confident and capable and educated. And yeah, like, so it's what I did. Then we just kept doing it. (laughs) That is so awesome. I'm so happy for you that, that you found like someone who, uh, for both of you that you found each other who are like both, uh, tough and both, uh, you know, wanting to get to know each other, not just as runners, but as good people, like you mentioned before. And I, I've been like loving, like following the journey on Instagram of you posting, even like the story of your kids, like getting excited to see her and everything. Like it's, that is just so special, man. Like I, I even just, uh, get a little emotional just thinking about like how, uh, how special that is for you to do that. I'm curious, like from, from your perspective, like, cause I mean, you're still training hard for like black Canyon and kind of have like your, uh, load of other things too. How do you, um, like approach, I guess, uh, you know, this relationship and whether it's, you know, relationship with Brittany, but also maybe a relationship with your kids and family and balance it in tandem with training, like in a way where you're able to maximize your, your time in all those areas. Right. Because we have tons of people who are listening to the podcast who, you know, maybe they work a job, they have a family and kids, but they also like want to train, you know, for ultras and everything. And as you know, it, it, it takes time. I remember you mentioned on the last podcast that you mentioned, it's like, not like you can only run like, you know, a few little hours and, and train for a hundred mile or a hundred hundred K race. So how, how do you approach those things? And maybe, you know, whether it's in the light of, you know, your new relationship or your kids, um, to really maximize, you know, your time in all those areas. Uh, a few things that I've learned, I guess, recently, or that I've tried kind of adopted as I've gotten more and busier and busier, both as a parent and professionally, uh, is that, good enough is usually good enough. And so like, just do what you can and then don't sweat it. If you can't do everything, like not all of us is going to be able to train like the pros. And yeah, this is part of what I do for a living, but it's not, it's not what pays the bills. Um, and so yeah, I try and fit it in around my kids' schedules. I still bring my kids to school, pick them up from school, make their lunches, (laughs) try to you know, attend their activities. 
uh, and somehow, you know, respond to all the emails and make all the updates to the websites and, you know, write the training plans, have the, the sponsorship calls, you know, there's just like anyone else. I, I, I definitely work more than full time. Um, but, uh, I also still try to fit my runs in when I can often during the workday. Um, occasionally if I like, sometimes I, I can do something like there's a, there's a group in town of guys that goes out once a week. And so if I can make it a social run and can have that, those couple hours off from, you know, being dad, uh, I feel like that's, that's me taking care of myself so that I can, you know, kind of putting the mm. oxygen max on mask on so that I can, you know, help my kids out. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, prioritizing my health helps. I, I don't, I don't view it as selfish, uh, in so far as I, I feel like it actually helps me show up more when I am there with my kids to, to read to them at night or, you know, um, I feel fulfilled in who I am and therefore I can better support them what they're doing. Um, mm. it has been somewhat, uh, it, it, it's never easy. Like, I mean, I actually feel kind of guilty. Uh, I feel bad. Um, Brittany is the, I think the reigning course record holder on black Canyon and, and she's been injured for like over a year. She's been trying to figure out what's going on. Um, mm doing all sorts of things. Like I've never seen anyone dedicate so much time to trying to do all the little things. And, and it's still, you know, she's, she's beginning to get some answers, but it's, it's been really frustrating. So it's, it's actually, mm -hmm. it's, it's been hard to not feel bad about being excited about <laughs> Black Canyon. She doesn't make me feel bad, but I know that, you know, we were both hoping mm -hmm. to run Black Canyon and she's just hasn't been able to put the training together to be able to do it. Um, even though she's, she's run one of the best races ever on that course. And so, you know, she's, she's actually been really generous with her, with her experience and with her insight and tried to help me, you know, uh, even though I've run it before, she kind of told me what she did in the lead up. And so that's some of what I was doing when you and I saw one another on the course. Um, she said that she broke the course down into, 250 Ks and I'm not quite that ambitious. So I broke it down into two, like 25 milers. And then it's like, ah, I've run that last 10 miles plenty of times. I don't need to do it this, this weekend. So, um, but even, even with, with her, you know, just trying to juggle, you know, what we can spend the time together that we can, we were both down there that weekend. She decided to ride the trail and I ran it with my friend, Caleb Schiff, um, who I've known for several years since the time that I lived and was going to school in, in Flagstaff, uh, years ago. Um, he's planning on racing it, um, as well, and he's getting fit. So it's fun to, to run both those days with him. Um, and then, yeah, we also tried to spend as much time as I could, you know, with, with my kids. So, you know, I dropped my kids off at school on Friday, <laughs> drove down the mountain and ran with Caleb and then, um, Brittany up at the airport and then tried to reconnect with my kids, um, after, uh, running the second day and, um, did as much as I could with them. And, uh, even on a non-running side of things, just tried to connect and do things with Brittany. Um, so we went to Horseshoe Bend, which is a place we've both driven. I, like I was born in the Southwest. I've lived there for a quarter of my life and driven by it 
tons of times seeing everyone's pictures on Instagram from it never stopped. So we finally just said, you know what, like, let's just slow down. And, and even though we were like trying to escape a snowstorm, we got, we got snowed in both ways in and out of flag, but we, we were able to get out finally. Um, and, and it was clear enough that we were able to stop and, and just go there and take that time to, you know, do a non-running thing. Um, and, and that was meaningful to us. It's a place we've always wanted to go, but we just always put it off and that happened to be the time to do it. So, so we did. That's awesome. That's so cool that like you got to like, uh, you you knew it was something that you two wanted to do and you know everything can be so fast paced like you mentioned like when it's like picking up kids like working on the working on the business like doing the training but you were just like you know what let's just slow down and actually like let's take the detour and let's go uh to this place and enjoy it and uh that's so awesome that you had that and i i want to also highlight the the point that you mentioned earlier on how you going out and running and and taking care of your health, like both physically and also socially and mentally, like you mentioned before, like spending time with people and everything that lifts your cup up enough to pour into, you know, the things that you're doing with your family, with your kids, you know, with Brittany and everything like that. And I think it can be an easy thing, at least in, in my experience, you know, when, uh, you're out running or out doing these things to, to feel a little guilty at sometimes, or like feel like you're not spending up the time, but to your point, it's like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You got to take care of yourself before you take care of others. And I and I love that point so, so much. Um, I, I love it. You talked about like Black Canyon too. So sorry to hear about uh, Brittany's and all of her struggles. Like I agree, she has like one of the best races ever on that course. So the day that she's able to get out there, like I'm so, so stoked to see what she can do. And I know uh, that, you know, even if this year doesn't pan out, I'm sure it won't be the last time we'll be seeing her out there for sure. Before we dive into Black Canyon, though, um, I'm curious, like on the on the aspects of like, you know, ultra running and training, are there any like kind of principles or kind of lessons that maybe you take away from like your ultra training that you almost bring into the way that you spend time with your family or interact with them, like in a way that kind of translates because, um, you know, I'm, cu- I'm always curious to see the, uh, ab- the way that people translate the things that they learn in their running in their everyday life. And so is there anything that kind of comes to mind that you take away from your running and training that you apply, you know, to your relationships, to spending time with your kids and and all those things? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done. I think maybe, um, the, the principle of, of good enough, you know, like that we talked about earlier, just mm-hmm. like just being okay with being okay. Like, uh, I would say, I'm. I have a propensity toward perfectionism and that isn't mm. necessarily always a good thing. Um, so I, I strive for excellence, but sometimes that, that can, you know, getting that a plus versus the a, um, a lot of times it takes two to three times more time or effort to just get that last little bit. It's like, does it really matter now? Mm. Mm. And, and is there even time to probably not? So part of it is just good enough, uh, just being okay with being good enough. And then the other piece I would say is, um, chunking. Uh, so this, I used to be a, a teacher and taught uh, foreign languages, but also taught literacy. And so people talk about chunking the text, like breaking it down into small pieces, uh, breaking a race or partitioning a race into smaller pieces, uh, can be really important. Um, so going from one aid station to the next on the black Canyon course, going from one cactus to the next, uh, one, one bend to the next, 
uh, from single track to double track, whatever that, that partition is or whatever that segment is that you decide to break it down into, just, just be present and focus on that, whatever it is, wherever you're at. Um, so, uh, Ryan Hall wrote a book called run the mile you're in. That's a good, good practice. Um, and Britt and I were actually just talking about it, just with everything we've got going on. Like I said, you know, just view it like an ultra, you, you've, you know how to nail that, you know, and, and sometimes we do get lucky and we get to like have those, those crew accessible aid stations. And that's where we really refill our cup. Like we get, we get our, our special goodies that we can't carry with us or that, you know, that we don't get at the other aid stations. And we sometimes just get to see our people and that lifts our spirits and we get the hugs, we get the extra gear, the drop bag, whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, so I, I would say there's a lot that can be applied to regular life, you know, having that crew, that core crew of people, some people are solitary and some people, you know, some people don't necessarily want to rely on other people and that's okay. Uh, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. fault them. I, I think that you've got to, you've got to surround yourself by the right crew of people with the right energy. Like I know some people, if they see you <laughs> looking like you're going to faint or even just not looking well, they're, they're going to be more anxious and they're going to actually probably psych you out. And so you, you maybe don't want those people necessarily like if they're going to be more worried about um worst possible scenarios versus like okay this is part of the, the drill like this is a normal thing just like you know take some salts or drink this or eat this and then get back out there um or you know some people just the thought of being out there for several hours is some people just aren't cut out for that and they'll, they'll make you mm. feel bad about that uh, for, and so you don't want, you don't want that negative energy. So the same way, and it doesn't make them bad people. It's just some people just don't get it. And the, the, whereas some people live for that, like it, there, it feeds them as much as it, as it feeds you. And so their positive energy like reignites you. And, and I mean, I've been really fortunate to, I guess I've had positive and negative experiences with crew and pacers and stuff like that. And I've, I guess I've just learned, you know, probably better off not having a crew or pacer if, if they're going to be negative. And so if, uh, mm. and yet at the same time, um, you know, if you can surround yourself by, by good people. And I, I'm really fortunate to have some really good people in my life, probably more than I need, um, in, uh, for this coming race. Like I'm, I'm really stoked. Like I, I feel like the luckiest dad alive. Like I, I've asked my kids, like I, I'm going to be down there. It's like, Hey, do you guys, I'm going to run this race. Like we can hang out before we can hang out after, but do you guys want to be there? It means we're going to probably have to wake up like 4am and we're going to be like, you know, driving in the dark and you're going to be hanging out, you know, out in the desert. And I don't know, like it, it could be all day. It might even go to the night. Uh, you guys cool with that? Yeah. We want to be there. We love being at your races. It's like, like I've, I've really tried not to, um, like shove running down my kids' throats and stuff like that. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, I, I want it to be something that they choose. And so, but my son has been at like, a, he was at my very first ultra and he, he's been at the last two Havelinas and, and he says he wants to be there. He's not only does he want to miss a day of school so he can be down there with me, but he like, he full on wants to be there and he, he knows what to do and he knows what I need. And, and he, and he genuinely cares about me, but he, um, just seeing him motivates me to want to show up and, mm. and dig deeper and, um, make him proud. Um, and, um, and I have other, you know, 
people who become friends that started as athletes that I was coaching, but have become dear friends and like almost like family and got a few, two or three people in the Phoenix area that have been my crew for the last two Javelinas and, and they're going to be there. Uh, and then I have several, uh, craft teammates that are racing. And so we're going to have a little bit more of a craft presence. And, um, so I've got other people that will be part of that crew. Um, and, and Brittany's going to be down there and she's going to help as well. And, and my daughter, um, will be there. And so, I, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm, I'm really stoked about that. Um, I, and yeah, some people will say that that's obnoxious to have that many people and, you know, causes crowding and stuff like that. And, and I totally get that, but you know, they'll be at the crew accessible spots and, and I'm confident that they will make me want to dig deeper when I'm going through those rough patches. And, um, and then it will make the celebratory meal and drinks um, even more rewarding um, with them. So, yeah. That is awesome, man. Well, now now I'm even uh, more pumped for your race because you got like an army of support <laughs> behind you, I feel like, which is just so awesome. And I love that too because um, it makes me like just think about the potential that you're going to have out there because – it's so powerful to see someone you like really care about, especially like when it's like your kids or something. And I, I don't have kids personally, but I can just imagine, um, even though a lot of people say you don't know until you're actually in it, but I can imagine, you know, seeing like your kids, there cheering you on, supporting you, like how much like under, uh, it lights a fire under you to, to continue to push, to continue to keep going. And it's so cool to see not only your kids are there, but, you know, Brittany will be there and like a bunch of your friends. And I know you mentioned like uh, craft athletes. I know Tim Frericks has been putting in some awesome work too. So super cool to see, like, you're just going to have this army of support behind you. Um, and, and that I think is, is an asset, like you mentioned, right? Like it's an asset to have that support system, um, especially when they're uplifting you around there. So I think it's going to be great. And uh, I think it's a, a good transition into, to Black Canyon, right? We've been kind of talking at it and the answers. And I'm excited to see. I mean, you've been pretty fired up about this race, you know, ever since uh, your, your last go at Javelina. Um, and so I'm curious, like, and I know you you talk about this on, on Instagram and kind of like your your reasonings and why's, but I'm curious to hear on the podcast and you you talk about more what's kind of like your biggest intention for this race here at Black Canyon, right? And um, is it more uh, like looking to reach your own potential? Is it looking for a golden ticket? Like, is it like, tell us a little bit more about like what's driving you behind this race here at black Canyon. Honestly, like probably my main motivation is to, um, to just be with my kids and be with the community. Um, and mm. I'm not, I'm not saying that to sound like I'm a good person or anything like that, but that's, that's what, motivates me the most. So I, I want to put in the work to, to justify making the trip to, and, and to justify having other people gathered to help me. So I want to make sure that I, mm. I, I show up and, and I, um, I earn the privilege of getting to toe the line and to run that race and to, to be with those people who are going to be dedicating days of their lives to, to support me. Uh, yeah, it is a golden ticket and it's a golden ticket race. And, um, I've always felt like, um, you know, if that I'm, I'm capable of, of qualifying, um, for Western and I, and I would love to see what I could do on the Western course. Um, 
it's going to be a loaded field. It was a loaded field the last time I ran it. And, and the sport has just grown exponentially more competitive. And this race specifically has gotten a lot more competitive. Um, the fun part about being an old guy is like, I'm, I'm not any more intimidated now than I was then. And maybe that's just ignorance is bliss, but like, I know I have certain strengths and this course plays to some of those strengths. Um, I don't feel like there's anyone in the race who's like out of my league, uh, in terms of like, they may have certain skill sets, but my skill, my, my competencies, uh, maybe match or exceed some of them on other areas. So like on the right day, I feel like, you know, if everything comes together, um, it would have to be a good day, but, um, I, I could see myself getting a ticket. Um, it's kind of funny. The last time I ran it, like I ran for the, the brand that was the title sponsor for Western. Mm. And so several years in a row, I was offered like a comp entry to Western as a sponsored athlete for their, um, team. And I said, you know, I don't want to do that. Cause I feel like it would be disrespectful to like, take a, take a spot without earning it. And, Whoa. uh, because I figured one day I would. And, and when that time came, if I, uh, if I earned a spot in, I, I'd probably be in a position to be in the mix. And, and I've, I've always wanted to be in the mix at, at Western, but I, I want to do it the right way. And that's not a knock on anyone who, you know, if anyone has a comp entry that they want to give me, I'll take it now, now that I'm older and it's harder to get in. <laughs> but, um, at the time I was like, nah, I, I, I honestly just wasn't, I wasn't in the right space, uh, or phase of my life to dedicate the training to like actually show up and, and be ready to, um, perform as well as I feel like I could, if I put in the time. And so, you know, maybe I am now, uh, if I'm not got the rest of my life to, to eventually get there. And, you know, my kids are still young. I, um, when I was down there over the holidays, I bumped into, it seems like every time I'm, I'm in flag, I bump into Jeff Browning on the trails and, uh, <laughs> and it's fun like to see him, like he's killing it. I, I've only actually run against him once or twice. And I remember like, like blowing him out of the water in a 50 K like, and he was, he was good then. And I was new to the sport and to see what he has accomplished, uh, and how he has evolved as an athlete and how, you know, some of it is dietary, but some of it is lifestyle, like to, to just, mm. uh, and that's not a knock on him. Like I, I knew he was a good runner and I felt pretty good about myself for having, you know, run as well enough to beat him more than a decade ago at, at again, like I said, a, a local 50 K that he was probably doing as a training run and stuff like that. But at the time I was like, well, that's, I, he's supposed to be pretty good. And I just beat him. So, um, to see the evolution that he has made, obviously 50 K and hundred miles are, are very different, but like, um, I mean, I, I like to see his longevity and I, and I would like to see myself, um, still in it. Uh, you know, hmm. whether that's as a quote unquote professional athlete or not, or like, or even a coach or whatever, I, that part isn't as important to me as just like, I still want to be connected to the sport, still want to be involved. I still want to be running. And, um, and so when I see him doing as well as he is, if I get in, it'd be great. If not, I'm still going to, if as long as I'm able, I'm still going to keep running. And, and if, if that's still a priority or a goal of mine, I, 
I hope that eventually I'll get in and have that opportunity. And if not, I'm okay with that too. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. And and speaking about like, you know, uh, you know, Jeff Browning is an example too. I mean, I think another good example is like Scott Treyer. I mean, he's also a master's athlete and last year ran a master class on the Black Canyon Trail. Um, you know, a golden ticket, one of the fastest times ever on that course. And, you know, 10th at Western, like also just a guy who's just killing it. Like, you know, despite having a, a season career and everything. And I was actually just running with him yesterday and he was, he was, he was giving me a run for my money. I mean, like it's, it, like it's, it's great. And I, I think think um there i think we're at, at the time where there's just so many it doesn't matter too much about age nowadays like it i think experience matters a lot especially in these kind of races and you know we're seeing like a wide variety of athletes just perform at such a high level no matter what their backgrounds is where they're at now and everything like that so i think the the playing field is a lot more level than in this sport than i think in any other sport as well and and dude you're looking you're looking fit out there too i mean like it's i think uh i think you're going to be a force to reckon with on race day for sure and so from from your perspective like i guess like how how have you approached training for this race specifically um and you know i know that uh you were in Arizona for a little bit too, but you know, in the times that you're not in Arizona too, it's a little cold, it's a little snowy. Right. So I'm curious, like how, um, I guess training specifically has been going for this black Canyon for you, but also maybe sprinkled in there too. Cause I get a lot of questions all the time. Cause I, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to live in Arizona. The, you know, you can, or Phoenix specifically, you can run all year round, right. It's nice. Um, but some areas, right, if you're training for a race like a Black Canyon or even a Bandera and you're kind of training in this winter, like people, I get questions all the time. It's like, how do I do that? And I, I'm not apt to answer that because I don't, I don't live in those places. So uh, two-part question there to, to kind of round it all up. Number one, training for Black Canyon. How are you approaching that? Two, how do you approach the specificity of that desert terrain, even when it's snowy, cold, icy, whole nine yards from there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you you do what you can with the time and resources that you have. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm certainly not an expert. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that <laughs> it works out. Uh, like I said, I, I ran black Canyon before, uh, I think it was in 2014 or 2015 when I was mm -hmm. going to grad school at NAU. Um, so I was, I was in Flagstaff. I was in Arizona, but I was, was training in the snow on a treadmill I uh, dropped down to run, you know, the orientation runs and run on the course a little bit when I could. Um, but I was trying to work full time and support a family and go to school. So I, I wasn't able to, you know, be down there very often. Um, I don't feel like I was as prepared as I would have liked to be for the heat. I mean, I, I think I led for the first 55 K of the race um, and didn't mm. feel doing anything i went through two bladders in that time and and i probably actually got hyponatremia um, from overhydrating, um but it was also wow, like, yeah uh, really so that was like probably four liters of electrolyte drink and i i blacked out like right before the black canyon um aid station um and then just kind of hobbled to the finish from there um but i think i was still in like second when i blacked out and somehow finished in the top 10 in pretty loaded fields. Uh, but like was very much positive split that race. Uh, so I would hope not to do that this time. Um, but I'm, I'm dealing with even colder, uh, climate 
this time. So I, I've, I've spent as much time in Arizona as I could. I, uh, I ran Havelina at the end of October. Then I spent time there, uh, for Thanksgiving, um, ran on the course when I was there, um, a couple times, uh, around Thanksgiving and then spent, uh, more than a week down there around the holiday, the Christmas and new year holidays. Um, ran mostly in Sedona. Um, cause I was, I was still, mm-hmm. my family was gathered in, in the Flagstaff area. So we were, I would drop down to Sedona. Um, I don't know for about a week I did that. Um, and then I was there a few weeks ago, um, on the black candy course again. So doing the best I can to run on the course, uh, in the actual, terrain on the actual terrain and, and in the heat. Um, I think running on a treadmill indoors is helpful, uh, despite my preference to run shirtless. When I do that, it's probably a good idea to wear layers or put a heater on or things like that. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of one of the wrestlers that I used to train with in high school. Um, when I'm out there, I wear lots of layers and so I'm, I'm sweating and I'm not like putting, you know, plastic bags on me to like absorb the sweat and like lose weight or anything like that. But I'm, I'm doing my best to stay as warm as I can. I, uh, yesterday went on like a two hour run up to a, a ski resort back um, from my house. And, um, uh, so tried to harden the quads, but, um, it was, I think it was negative 25 Celsius when I was out there. Oh and so gosh. I wore as many layers as I could, um, just cause it was cold. And I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't just wearing, um, running gloves. I was wearing like full on leather, uh, you know, very insulated work gloves. Um, and yeah, so I, I didn't quite look, I, I looked like a blue collar runner out there. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look <laughs> like someone up there skiing. Um, so yeah, but I was running up and down the, that hill. So yeah, just doing what I can. So. I love that. I, I, it's, I think like the, I love how we keep going back to that theme of like doing what you can, right? Because, um, what you were mentioning before, right? If you're always going for like a plus or a, like the perfection kind of things, sometimes it kind of can deter us from like getting the job done, right. Or even trying, right. We're like, Oh, because I, you know, can't, can't fully do this like the right way that I wanted to. I'm just not going to do it. But I think like even like C or B done is better than perfect, right? Is basically what I'm trying to say here, because at least you're showing up and you're giving the effort and you're kind of doing it as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm not going to do it. And then you don't get anywhere. You don't make any progress. You kind of give up more or less. And uh, because you wanted to do it perfect, you don't even make any progress at all. And in the end of the day, what's that thing? And so I love that you take that approach to um, not just your running, but also your relationships, like you mentioned before and then going into black canyon seeing the things that you're doing too with getting some good course time in which is is super great i'm curious like you know i know javelina you know you went out and you were leading for for a good chunk of like the beginning of the race and then things kind of you know at at the end uh, ended up not not being the day but i'm curious is there anything that you learned from that race specifically that you're going to be translating to black canyon in order to help you to you know kind of like move forward in there because they're similar races you know in the sense of you know you're not doing a crazy crazy amount of climbing like 
Pavelina is a little less technical, you know, point to point race in the uh, Black Canyon, but very much a classic, two classic Arizona races. Um, obviously, Javelina is a little hotter, but I mean, Black Canyon last year was 85, so it can creep up there for sure. Um, so curious to hear any lessons from Javelina that you're taking into Black Canyon this year that um, you're looking to, to help on to, you know, help you to, to potentially secure a ticket there. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's something that I, that I did learn at Black Canyon, but it, but you forget if you, if you haven't Mm. done it recently, but yeah, just staying cool. So it was cool at Havelina for the first lap. And so I, I wasn't Mm. doing my due diligence to stay cool. I, I, I probably didn't hydrate well enough the first lap and it came back to bite me. I mean, I was just, there's a lot of jostling going on and I, I wasn't, I, I didn't really find myself. I, I didn't, I didn't try to take the lead. Like I, I was trying to, I, I feel like I spent the first little bit at Havelina just trying to catch the leaders. Cause I got stuck behind quite a train of people. Um, first few miles and, and last year, the previous year, what had happened was I didn't even realize that the guys that went one, two were even in the race. Like they, they pulled away and I was stuck in this train and I figured that I was just, running with everyone else. And, and there were two guys way off the front that went on to go one, two and, and the rest of us that were in the quote unquote chase back, we were, we were a long ways back and there was no way we were going to catch them. Um, when I realized, you know, in lap two and three that they were, um, uh, that that was going on. So, um, I, I tried to run with the leaders at Havelina. And then they both dropped like unintentionally. I, like, I can't remember exactly. Like, I think it was Arlen Glick and Patrick Reagan were, were leading and I was just sitting. I just, I, I worked my way up to sit on them and then Arlen tripped and actually like slid off a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you were in there. Um, and then, uh, Patrick, something happened like, like his hat got blown off or something like that. But, but both were just like freak things and like kind of like I didn't want to lead. So I like stopped and it was kind of like almost like one of those collisions you see the tour de France, like where people are like, what do we do? And I, I full on was like ready to get off the course and wait for them to catch out. I didn't want to lead, but anyway, I found myself in the lead and then Dakota and I were going back and forth and there were a few other people that kind of popped up and back, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was like, you know, competing at that point i was i was just like oh mm. shit <laughs> i, I, I want to be leading on the last lap not in the first or the second lap you right. know? Um, oh and matt matt daniels um hopped yep. in and, and pulled away and um so i mean there were there was some jostling but it certainly wasn't where i wanted to be um in terms of like quote unquote pushing the pace i i think from the, an outsider's perspective it looked like i was trying to break away and it was like no I, i'm trying to not be up here is what like, I, I really wanted to run behind other people. So, so I want to try and do a better job of that. Um, at, um, at black Canyon. I, I know last time I ran black Canyon as well. I, uh, I really big feet and I, I, I like running downhill. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. like riding the brakes, uh, cause I feel like that messes up my quads more than it, um, helps uh save my legs and so uh i i found myself kind of stuck behind people and 
uh, even before we got on the actual black Canyon trail, there's, there's kind of some areas where it had been muddy, but then it had turned, um, th- like the, the mud had dried into clay. And, um, so that, that was uncomfortable and kind of technical, but just kind of obnoxious. Um, and mm. so I, I just kind of pulled ahead just because I didn't want to step on people's feet and I didn't want to like be riding the brakes. And then I found myself way out front, um, kind of again, unintentionally. So I, I guess I just need to do a better job of biting my time and not, not taking the lead too soon. Um, so part mm. of the, when, when Caleb and I were running it the other day, it was kind of like, okay, I don't want to be in the lead at this point in the race and probably don't want to be in the lead at this point in the race. And yeah, I'd be okay if I were in the lead by this point in the race. Um, but so just kind of try to be okay. Not, I don't know. I, I likely, I, from the time I was in high school, I liked leading just because it's like, you, I don't like stepping on people's heels. I don't like, I don't like being the guy whose heels are being stepped on, but I definitely don't want to be that mm-hmm. guy. That's like, and, and I don't like my stride being broken. I like just running. So it's hard for me. It's, it's not because I like trying to put on a show. It's not because of any, there's no ego involved. It's just like my personal preference is to not step on people's heels and not have my heels be stuff. <laughs> I just, just want to run. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, being a herd. I just, I, I I'm mm-hmm. used to running by myself 99% of the time. So it's, I get kind of claustrophobic <laughs> when I'm surrounded by people. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's what it is. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of people signed up for this race too. I think it's like close to like a thousand, which is something crazy like that this yeah. year. And you know, it's a, it's a tight trail in most parts too. So I, I totally feel you. It's like, you kind of got to play this game of like, you know, you don't want to be too far behind because then you got kind of like that conga line, like you mentioned before, and you're kind of just like behind people, but you don't want to get too far ahead, especially like in this race with that screaming downhill in the beginning, yeah. you know, I mean that, that first section, as you know, I mean, is just that is prone for, for people to just zoom it out there. And some people will easily clip, you know, sub sevens on there. Like it's just nothing. And then usually when you get to that third section where it's like, kind of like choppy and everything, that's like where, where the carnage happens. Uh, one, one other thing uh, I'm curious, and this is like more like a, you know, obviously it applies to black Canyon, but it just in general, right. One of the, the things that I think is like a, a hard skill uh, is kind of like what we're talking about here. It's like pacing, right? I think it's it's a tough skill, but it's probably like one of the most important skills. Um, curious to see if you agree on that in terms of like an ultra runner. I mean, that that's what I kind of think. And starting to learn a lot more at Javelina, I, I had a probably one of the most disgusting positive splits ever. Um, like I just went out way too hot in the beginning and then just like continued just to get fried later on and like you look at the pace chart on strava and it's like reminiscent of like the black canyon elevation slope just really high in the beginning and down and so i asked this too because i also struggle with this as well but i guess like what are how, what's your approach to pacing smart right and i know like it, like you mentioned in the beginning of you know you don't want to be in the lead you, you kind of want to be bar back but like how does that look like an application because i think it's it's so hard to and I experienced this firsthand at Javelina. Like I told myself, I was like, I'm going to go slow. I'm going to go slow. Gun goes off and I'm at the front and just, just going on it. And then of course I eat my own dog food at the end and just get destroyed. So 
to to reel it all back in here like what is good pacing like how do you approach good pacing um you know uh, when it comes to you or maybe something that you suggest in your athletes when it comes to race day um to really like run a a well race where you're not just like kind of holding on for dear life at the end um i'm going to say something controversial and that is that you know i don't think that in an ultra, especially with the different variables, elevation profile, heat and everything. I don't, I don't think that a successful race necessarily has to be a negative split race. In fact, other Mm. than Nick Curry, there are very few people who can run negative splits on, on most courses in the, in the desert or in general. And, and I mean, hats off to him, but I don't think that that's the only, um, sign of success like i don't like Mm. it it, there's there's a lot of benefit to it um but i like i said i i don't think it's i don't think it's necessary um like Mm. i would say if i were to view it as a from a road perspective it's kind of like the boston marathon like it's it's pretty hard to not get sucked into running a little bit fast in the first mile, first couple miles of Boston or even CIM. Um, and again, I feels good to run a negative split and, and, and if you can train and race that way, that's great. But I, I, especially on, on something like black Canyon, I, I think too many people get too fixated on pace or, um, hmm. or just other metrics that are like going to vary from, place to play like there 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 are too many variables to take into account like yep it's going to get be getting hotter throughout the day it's going to uh, there's going to be some ups there's going to be some downs stuff like that so i don't know that uh that that's the only way to determine whether what has a successful race that being said um yeah so so for example i i still want to feel like i'm running uh and i and by that i don't mean um, like I, I want to avoid injury. I don't want to get, it's not like a track race where I'm going to get stepped on and spiked, but at the same time, like I, I don't want to sprain my ankle because I'm stepping on someone's heels. I don't want to sprain someone else's mm. ankle by stepping on their heels. And I, and I don't necessarily think it's a, it's beneficial to ride the brakes. Like it just doesn't work for my gate. So I will probably run by some people's standards, somewhat foolhardy. Um, Hmm. but I will try to run within myself. Um, and, and then I will try to do my best. Like there are a couple different street stream crossings. There are ways to manage the heat, um, at aid stations with ice, uh, at Havelina the last two years, I've, I've used a vest almost prim- almost principally. Like I haven't even carried anything in the vest. I've just carried everything either in my handhelds or in my back pocket. And then the vest I've just used to fill with ice just to keep my core body temperature cool. Uh, some people use net gaiters. Those get too tight for me and like, uh, but the vest has worked. So uh, I will probably use that if it's going to be hot. Um, I, I would like to run in such a way that I still feel like I can be in hunting mode, so to speak. So I, I need to save my legs a little bit and I need to save my mm. mind and I need to make sure that I'm, I, I certainly don't want to go anaerobic. I want to keep it below my, my threshold, um, just both muscularly, but also, uh, aerobically because like that 
that's not efficient in terms of metabolism, in terms of consumption of food, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, um, so I, I don't, I don't feel like I really answered your question, but I, I, I feel like it, I would be doing athletes that I coach a disservice and, and even others in the sport a disservice by saying that there's, there's only one way to mm. consider a, an ultra success. Like I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who actually negative splits mm. every trail ultra, like you know, certainly it's, it's nice when like, so for example, I ran negative splits yesterday because I ran up a mountain and then turned around and ran down the mountain. So of course mm -hmm. I ran faster on the way down. Um, um, when I ran 50 miles on the treadmill, it was a negative split, but, but in the same way, I still tried to stick to the same principles that I'm describing now. Like I, 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 I tried to run a certain pace, but when I realized that I was, that that pace was actually constricting me, I just gradually kept increasing the pace even though like in theory that was going to like leave me high and dry and i just said like i my knees keep keep hitting the front of the treadmill this is stupid like I, it's not comfortable that i'm going too slow so i just gradually kept increasing the pace until i was running a minute per mile faster than i was than my goal pace was and then it was kind of like okay well we just passed a marathon that was faster than i was planning on but I'm not going to slow down. Like mm. I'm just going to keep doing this as long as I can. And then I finally got to the point where it was like, I'll just get this thing over with. And so I just kept accelerating. And obviously that was one of those rare days where things like the stars just kind of aligned and things were clicking. But, um, I, and, and there weren't the variables of the heat and the, I mean, I had fans and I had my fuel right there and, and I was on a treadmill, not on a undulating course. Um, with cacti that jump out and grab you and stuff like that. But, um, I, I still feel like everyone should run their own race and, and that's, that's how I run best. That maybe it, again, like I said, maybe it's foolhardy ice. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the Oregonian, even though I grew up in the Southwest, I, I, I went to high school in, in Oregon. And, uh, so I bought into the whole pre stuff and, I still feel like I run best when I run free and that doesn't mm. mean I have to be out in front. It just means I, I need to run my own race and yeah. Some of the old heads may think that's foolish, but that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. I, I love that. And it like, seems like just like a personal approach, like really pacing can, can get into it, right? Like guys like Nick Curry, like you mentioned, can do good on like a negative split. But I mean, even like you look at people like uh, Camille Heron, right? She runs hard in the beginning, like just hard. And she looks like she like feeds on that. So I love that approach, how like you take it. It's like, you know, negative split or even like an even split race, like isn't always the most optimal thing. It sounds like what you're saying, like the most optimal thing is the one that's that best tailors your kind of personal strategy and mentality. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you're running, as long as you're running on your terms, I, I think it's, mm. I think if, if we all did life on our terms, like if we, yeah, of course there are like certain constraints that we have to adhere to as members of society and stuff like that. But like, if we all lived according to like what if we could all agree that there, there are basic values that we want to, you know, try to adhere to and we live life on our terms and we, and we stop worrying about what other people think, like even a Havelina, like there were people that I saw on the side of the course that like, I, 
I, I know personally that they were thinking, what an idiot. And I also know personally, in fact, I heard it from some of them, like, why did you do that? And, and all the rest is like, one, I've run faster than half the people that were criticizing me. So it's like, I don't really care what they think. And two, it's like, I did it because that's like, one, you didn't see what happened out there. You didn't see Arlen fall off. You didn't, you mm. didn't see Patrick. Like I was trying to run the smart race, which was, I don't want to get dropped by the leaders and, and then have like hours to make up. Like Nick passed me during the race. He didn't catch the leaders. He, I, I think he honestly thought he might be able to. He ran a really smart race, but he didn't catch the leaders. And so my goal was, mm. I want to make sure that I'm in the mix. If and when there's a break, I want to be there to, to, to make that move. And, and that was at Havelina. In the same way, I want to be there at Black Canyon. What will that look like? I don't know. I'd, I, I honestly don't know. I, but I want to be there. And I, I want to um, put myself in a position to to be successful. And if I'm, if I'm not in the mix, I'm, I'm by, by successful, I, I want to put myself in a position to get a ticket. If I, if I do that and I blow up, at least I know I tried, but it, but it's, man, it's a really frustrating thing when it's like, um, man, I, I went for it and I just didn't realize that there were three guys so far off the front that I couldn't even see them because I was so caught up on running conservative mm. and being smart and worried about, what people might say if I end up being the idiot out in mm. front. Like, I don't, I'm too old to care about what other people think at this point. Like I, I seriously don't care. I've, I've accomplished way more than I ever thought I ever would in the sport. So like at this point it's all gravy. And like, if I make a fool of myself, won't be the first time, probably won't be the last. And, and most people will be pretty stoked if I do do well. So I, and I'll be pretty stoked. So like, I, I guess I don't care either way other than like, I'm going to, as long as I put myself in, in the mix, like I'll be fine. Like I, I'll be happy with, with whatever the outcome is. So, yeah, and add me to the to the list of people who would be stoked if you got it too. So uh, I I know I'll be stoked to see you get it, man, because it's just been like so awesome to like have your journey. And I think, um, you know, I I love the approach, even that you mentioned there, saying like sometimes when you can run conservatively. Um, I feel like you can like almost like rob yourself of your potential. Like, and I've had this conversation with people. It's like, sometimes you run too slow that like you, there's too big of a gap and then you're just kind of cl like clawing your way into a battle that you can't even touch at that point. So it's like, you gotta like hit the fine line between obviously like pacing to your own abilities, but at the same time, you know, sometimes being too conservative might hurt you at the end of the day. And like, there's like those two trains of camp there, but I think in the end of the day where it kind of encapsulates your answer there, um, which I thought you just awesomely like answered was you got to find what works best for you. You got to like run your own race, like kind of run the mob that you're in to kind of bring it back from before. And then focusing on that will have you have your best race going forward. Right. And I even like, you know, that, that point of, when you mentioned before, it's like having the people in the head that's saying, oh, like, you know, you're like, they have like a certain opinion about the way that you're racing and stuff like that. Right. Uh, when you ditch those things, I feel like it can be so easy to just to be free. Like, you know, like you mentioned, kind of like the pre mentality, like run, run on your own terms and just have that in there. And so, um, I think that's awesome, man. And I think just a combination of the way that you're approaching that, the way that you're keeping your, your kids and your family top of mind when you're racing and just the training you've been putting in, man, I think you're going to be, uh, ready to rip it in black Canyon in a few weeks here. And I'm excited to, uh, tell the line with you again, man, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun to see you out there and to, to see what you can 
do. And um, man, I'm excited for that race. And for anyone here who's listening, who wants to follow along your journey, who isn't following you already, which totally suggest anyone uh, could. Um, before I ask my last question here, where can they find you all on the interwebs, on the social media, um, coaching business, everything like that, um, if they want to follow along the fun of the, the Jacob Pusey adventure at Black Canyon? Um, I will be – the best place is probably on Instagram at, at Jacob Pusey. Uh, and then from there, you can follow the race series that I direct at Five Peaks Run or – uh, the coaching that I do at Team Peak Run or Peak Run Performance, or uh, there's a stage race that I put on as well um, at Trans Selkirk's Run. All of them are uh, places you can follow me, and and there will be URLs to each of those websites from each of those accounts. That's probably the best place, though. Awesome. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. So if you want to head on to the, those links right now, feel free to check out the show notes in here as well. Uh, super cool. I'm going to have to do one of your races one time for yeah. sure, man. They look, uh, they look absolutely Love epic. to have you. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. So thank you. Yeah, they, of course, man. They look great. And so, uh, Jacob, it's been awesome chatting with you. I love how we like covered a wide <laughs> breadth of subjects yeah. here, like from, from family to relationships, to pacing, to cactuses <laughs> that jump out of you. Like, I mean, like we, we covered the whole spectrum here. Um, but you know, this show is all about helping our listeners like really become better endurance athletes. So I'm curious from your perspective, and this is the question that I ask all my guests here. And I think this is something we started doing after we had our, our last conversation. So this will be the first time hearing this answer, which will be super cool that is what can our listeners do every single day to be a better endurance athlete Ooh. <laughs> hit you with the heavy one on the last yeah one, you know? <laughs> no there, there's there's a lot that, that people can do and one thing that strikes me about endurance athletics is that there really are um good people in the mm. sport and uh i i actually have a brother um, his, uh, he's a musician. I, my family's fairly musical. I'm like the, the black sheep of the family. Cause I don't sing or play any mu- <laughs> musical instruments, but, um, my brother AJ has a song. Um, and one of the lines, <laughs> it, I, I like the way he, he tells the story. It's, um, uh, it's about, um, I think it's called John and Jesus. And, uh, and he, and he talks about like these, these quote unquote prophets as if they are, you know, these wise men, but they're, they're actually just a bunch of guys hanging out and throwing back a couple of cold ones. And, and, uh, um, one of them uh, says to the other, you know, like they're, they're basically talking about rules to live by. And one of them says to the other, just, don't do what an asshole would do. So I honestly like, don't be an asshole. Like when, when I was recruited to run for, um, craft, that, that was like one of the, the policies, like we have a no asshole policy and it was like, all right, cool. I, I'm, I don't think everyone that knows me would agree that I'm not one, but I try not to be. And, um, honestly, like I more and more, uh, as I go through life, like, uh, if I'm, if I'm good with who I am as a person and as a parent and as a partner and as a business partner or whatever, whatever it might be, like as a neighbor, as a, as a member of my community, if, if I feel like, again, if I feel like I'm good enough, if I feel like I'm doing what I have signed up to do and I've committed to do, <sighs> running's easy. Running's like the, the, the dessert, you know, running's like 
running is the icing on the cake. It's, um, or in, in this case, I, I'm, I live in Canada. So it's, it's the gravy on top of the French fries, you know, like it's on top of the poutine, like it's, um, running is something that we get to do. Um, but I don't feel good running if the rest of my life is, um, if, if I don't feel like I've, I've at least made my best effort to, to do the best that I can. And, and usually that means like, you know, letting go of tension and letting go of just like <laughs> stress, you know, like, uh, running doesn't, I, I don't feel good. I, I don't feel like I can run well if, if running is one added stress to my life, but if I can, if I can make it a way in which I, I can process things in my life and I could be a better person than, um, and not be an asshole. That's, that's a good thing. Like, I don't want to be that to, to people that I'm driving next to, 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 to my kids, to, uh, to my friends and even to total strangers, even to people who are assholes to me on, on social media. Like that's, that would be my goal. So I, I, sorry, that's probably more, you're going to have to like cut out the whole answer, but, um, but that's, um, that's me evangelizing, I guess, about how to, how to be a better runner. I, I feel like just, just being kind to oneself and being kind to others, like really, um, makes running a lot easier. And then, and then you get to do it with other good people and we get to go to races like mm -hmm. Black Canyon. I get to see guys like you and, and we get to share miles and stories on the trails and we get to pick each other up when we fall down and we get to share gels and we get to do like, it's a really cool thing when we get to like gather with like-minded people who also aren't assholes. And so <laughs> it's a good thing like that. I, honestly, I, I, so if you want to, if you want to be a good runner, uh, there's a no asshole policy. Um, and, uh, just, just be a good, a good person. So I think, I think that's the best answer that I've gotten to that question on this podcast. And let me tell you, if there's one guy who lives that it's you, man, because I even said in the beginning of the podcast, you're one of the nicest dudes I've met in the ultra community. And like, I know anyone who, who knows you and speaks of you too, also says the same exact thing. So, uh, you live it too. And I love how you brought like the importance of, you know, seeing the other areas of your life. And like for anyone listening here too, I mean, Jacob lives this. We, we scheduled this podcast interview around the times he had to spend time with kids and pick them up and everything. So just know that uh jacob uh definitely definitely walks the walk here as well um as a as a nice guy um follows the no asshole policy and it's just a great family man and uh man i'm excited to align with you at black canyon i'm gonna be uh and we trying to keep up with you out there man you're looking thanks good. man it's gonna be fun yeah there's gonna be a lot of us <laughs> so we we should we should have a lot of people to to carry us uh from from mayor high school all the all the way to the finish so it'll be good yeah It'll yeah. be fun, man. I'm looking forward to training miles and good conversation with you out there, my friend. And uh, hopefully we get no cactuses in us yeah. this year either. That's a goal. That will be a victory <laughs> for sure. So, all right. Absolutely. Okay. Jacob, thanks so much yeah. for coming on, man. Thank this you. is awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'd be more than happy to 
fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.